Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to listen along with all of us to each new episode of Fables of Fendrea Arcanum? We host live listening parties over on our Discord every single release night. So head on over to patreon.com slash castparty to become an official part of our cast and crew. And also gain access to hours upon hours of bonus content, exclusive behind the scenes info, and so much more. Patreon.com slash castparty. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fables of Fendrea Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino, or at DM Jose P on TikTok and all those other fun socials, and I will be your director for today's glorious adventure. I am joined by my lovely cast of wonderful, wonderful players, and uh, I just want to go ahead and introduce them uh, one by one. So, Ryan. Hello, Ryan McManus. I will be playing Rowan Fair Isle, Half-Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark, or as Andy called it, Moon Daddy. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on my socials at rye.mcmanus, or catch me one of the Cast Party socials at Cast Party D&D. Awesome. Andy. Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy, or otherwise known as Plant Daddy, and I'll be playing Five, one of the seven Sojourner commissioned for exploration by the Forged. And you can find me at Mr. Dandy DM on TikTok and on all the other socials. Annie. Hi, I'm Annie. I think we decided I'm Sass Daddy. Accurate. Sass Daddy. <laughs> there we go. There it is. I'm playing Rid. Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok at Cantrip, C-A-N-N-E. Awesome. And finally, we have Sin. Salutations. My name is Sin. I will be playing Zue, who is Sus Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and also a collector of chronicles and aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on all my socials at sensationally.me with C-I-N instead of S-E-N. So last time we met on this wonderful story of fables of Fendrea Arcanum, our intrepid band of adventurers touched a tree. And this tree sent them to an unknown location, unknown deep 
underground cavern riddled with skeletons of tieflings and all kinds of different creatures and the remains of what looked like humanoid beings and all those different kinds of decayed remains. While you guys were exploring this cavern, Rowan, you realized that your owl that had come through had lost this faint touch of connection to Selene, but of course was brought back. Rid, your wrist was mended by the help of five, and all of you essentially then started to try to discover where you were. Eventually coming to terms with not knowing exactly where you are and running into some really horrifying creatures that were residing within these chambers. Five decided to wild shape into a dire wolf-like mechanical amazing being to scout ahead and in so a battle ensued between two creatures and the four of you. However, with the amazing help of Zue and in a fantastically well-timed sleep spell, you really only had to worry about one creature. After defeating the main bee-like honeycomb-covered face, massive prongs and teeth and thrumming sounds of this creature you've never seen before, you ran out of the cavern following the natural formation with Rid's keen mind, sort of understanding where potentially you could have been located. And then so you emerge from the cavern into an opening on the side of essentially what looks like a small hill amongst a vast landscape of gray and decaying forest and plant life. There in the distance though, away from the main collection of trees that willow down and drape in such a depressing manner, there is a tower, standalone tower that you can see from atop of the canopy and an ominous swirling black cloud above and then five heard the cries of help protruding your mind. And that is where we pick up as you guys emerge from the cavern and are now looking at this place before you. The world is yours. What would you like to do? Zue is immediately gonna bend down and try and touch some of like the ground and try to add it to her book if she can. It's like dirt, bits of like small leaves, but I'll say the dirt, when you touch it, you're able to sort of like hold it in the palm of your hand, but something like a leaf that you kind of happen to see on the ground, the minute you touch it, it just instantly dissolves in your hand. So you're able to still collect it, but it does not hold its form. Oh, guys, this is really fascinating. And I start trying to grab more if I can. You're grabbing and it's just dissolving in your hand the more and more you reach for it. Rowan looks down at Zue. I don't quite know if fascinating is the word I would use for this. I mean, are you not fascinated by the fact that it can hold shape until you touch it? That's like magic. Who's to say that's not going to happen to us? Well, we're still in color and we're pretty magical, so... Five, how are you feeling? Five was initially just taking it all in and suddenly as the voices invade. So I hear the screams for help and I immediately, Five just grabs his head and just tries with his fingers as vines just start to like enter into his own, like he's trying to get the voices out. And he just sort of goes down on his knees. No, no, Rowan, I need help. What is happening? What's going on? Help, help, I hear. I, mm. What do you hear? The voices need help. 
Who is calling to you? I, I don't know. I, I, uh, they won't get out. Do you have any idea where they're coming from? Five shakes his head. Are they still there? They are not. It's almost like an echo shouting into a cavern. If you focus on it enough, you can still faintly hear it, but it is fading away. It's almost one of those things where it's like you expose yourself out to this world and then immediately just hate you like a shock. Five, still with one hand on his head, slowly gets up, puts his other hand, like sort of braces himself, steadies himself on, on Rowan's shoulder. How are the rest of you feeling? Zue, you didn't get touched, but Rid, I know you, you took a beating back there. Rid is, has been kind of gingerly inspecting her side. Um, I'll live, but that, that hurt. Can I offer any assistance? I, I mean, yeah, if you do he healing stuff, that would, that would be cool. That's what I'm best at. And I'm actually going to cast Aura of Vitality. Ooh. So emerging from the cave and just seeing the, the decrepit land ahead, the lantern kind of shines a little bit brighter given the lack of color around as it slowly gets enhanced. A healing energy radiates from me in an aura within 30 foot radius. And until the spell ends, the aura moves with me, centered on myself. And I can use a bonus action to cause one creature in the aura, including myself, to regain 2d6 hit points. So I kind of figured I would just be holding the lantern out as we are hanging out, talking, figuring out a plan. And then as we're walking for the next minute and just kind of go around one by one, seeing who needs help. So I will use the first one on Rid. That is 10 HP for you, Rid. Does the wound like knit itself back up or what does that look like? Your wound, what you see is your, your skin and your muscles relax. And as you inhale, when you sort of like are allowed to take in a deeper breath and allow the energy to fill your lungs and in so spread throughout your entire essence, you watch as almost like veins come out from the wound and begin to pull the wounds tightly shut again. But what remains is essentially like the minute after you get stitches done, where it's just like you can see the remains of it. It's just like small little tendrils that remain and remind you of where that wound was. Rid watches this happen and goes, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. That's really fascinating. Can I touch it? Oh, Zue, please. Yeah, go for it. Oh. Zue immediately puts her whole bare hand right on like the flesh area <laughs> and just like rubs it. It, it it's a it's a bit of a stinging, you know, there is still that bit of like uh, you know, wincing to it. But of course it's 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 a freshly healed wound. Is this is this doing anything for you? <laughs> I I like how moist it is. <laughs> I know that I didn't really get hurt, but I am a little tired and I would appreciate maybe resting for a while. Casting magic kind of takes a little bit of a toll on me. It might not be a bad idea if we can find somewhere safe. Oh, you mean you don't want to take a nap in the gray wasteland with the ominous black cloud? Yeah, not particularly. I could always make us a place. What do you mean, make us a place? 
I'm gonna put the book away and I would like to start taking my hands and cupping them to make a little dome out of the dirt and ash. And I'm gonna give the little pile like a soft kiss and it's going to expand. And I'm gonna cast uh, Leah Moon's tiny hut and it's gonna become this cute little sand dome. Um, I made us a place if you guys wanna walk in. Can we all fit? Oh yeah. I know it doesn't look that big outside, but it, it's much bigger inside. Five looks at himself and just sort of gives himself a once-over and just trying to take stock mentally of everything that's happened. And also, he is out of wild shape, but he, like, took a beating in wild shape. He definitely needs to repair himself. His metal makeup is, like, bent and scraped, and there are some holes in it. So he definitely needs to repair himself. So he very gingerly sort of puts his hand through the barrier Hmm. Okay. And he walks right in. Jose, do you allow it to be like different rooms or is it just one big room? It is completely up to you. Whatever you would want it to be. Hell, even if you wanted to change the name of it, I love it when players do that. It's Zue's tiny house. (laughs) Tiny house. (laughs) So if Five is going in, the first thing Five is going to see is like a little... It looks similar to, like, Ilinos' dining hall, where it has, like, the wooden table and, like, the chairs and stuff. And there's gonna be four doors. One for each of us. I've put little symbols on each door. One has, like, a big flower carved into the wooden door. One has a black crown, and then another one has a feather. And the last one has a book, in that order, along the wall. Oh, I'm the feather. Got it. Yeah, because, um, oh, I should have done a moon. Yeah, that was my first thought, so that's what I was looking for. I thought Feather, you know, maybe your book, that might have been your room. I know that's what you write with. But but there's been a bird following us. Ruin the owl. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It. Oh, yes, it does. It does. I'm sorry. I should be thankful. <laughs> Thank you for making me a room, Zue. There you go. A little bit of gratitude. Read. Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll say you guys step in to uh, Zue's tiny house. So just so I understand, like, the, the, the general blueprint. So is it is it like a dome, and then there's, like, a hallway in the middle, of, and then it goes to two uh, separate doors on each side? Yeah. You come in, and, like, the dome shape originally is the living room where people can sit and eat. And then, so it'll be your room, Red's room, and then across is Rowan's room and my room. Five does the thing where he discovers something new and he his eyes blink as he just sort of makes a mental catalog of this moment. Once he gets to his flower door, there's a moment of recognition and, and he sort of looks back at Zue and he's just like, he doesn't smile, smile. There's no mouth, really. He just looks and you see sort of the eyes gently change color and get warmer as he's just sort of expressing gratitude and thanks for his own little room. And he just sort of touches the door, I guess. Is it, is it like a physical door? Or is it like an energy almost? I make them as like wooden doors so that because Zue is like very flashy. She wants it to look very plain on the outside. But when you go in for five, she has like three trees on one side of the wall with different like fruits because she doesn't know if he eats. <laughs> <laughs> She's given him a bed with like flowers all around the edge of the bed frame. Five comes in using what energy he has left, casting Druidcraft, just puts like the final touch 
on the room and the the ground around the bed and around the trees suddenly becomes even more vibrant and green as sort of plants begin to spring out from the ground inside and he sees the the fruit trees he's like no and then he sees the bed he's also like no (laughs) but he doesn't say this out loud So he just sits down in the middle of his room and just is sort of very quietly entering almost a sentry mode. Not full-on sentry, but he's, he's definitely, like, resting. Rowan will go up to his door and look back at everyone. Uh, how long are we thinking? An hour? Are we sleeping? What's everyone need? I would really appreciate sleeping, but if we need to go, I'm also happy. I can hold this for about eight hours at most. As long as you think we'll be safe here. If I rest for an hour, I could probably keep watch. I'm close enough to okay again that that's possible. Are you sure? Rid uh, leans against a wall and and just looks at Rowan and Zue. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't have magic that needs to recharge or whatever. I don't know how your magic works. It's like needs to recharge, and then you also have to jump in a bush sometimes. You are an enigma, Zue, but uh, I'm willing to support that enigma. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm just learning to be like Ilianas. He taught me how to do magic. I find casters very interesting to watch. And with that, I will uh, leave you to to it. Um, I'm going to go in my room now. (laughs) I, I feel like I'm sandwiched between like them and there's this awkward tension and I don't know what to, to do or how to process tension. it. And it's almost like he doesn't even say goodbye. He just like squeaks the door open and tries to like sneak in. What's Rowan's room look like? So Rowan has a big window. It's it's obviously fake, but it's a big window. You know when people buy those like stickers to put on your windows so that there's like a background imagery to it? It's like that, but with all of Fendrea's moons. <laughs> and like a wooden perch for his owl, because Zue just thinks it's a pet. She put a lot of unnecessary gold, because she has heard that Rowan is royalty. So it, she tried to do what she thought was a fancy room, which is also the four-post fed, but it's like wood with like ornate gold details in it. Uh, <laughs> she tried to give him silk thread sheets and stuff, and give him like a desk, and a little nightcap that's shaped like a crown. Oh my god. <laughs> I enter the room, and then I see the window, and I peek my head back out. I don't know if you can change this, Zue. Can you put the window on the ceiling? Zue is going to flip in her book to a bookmarked page of like blueprints that she had sketched out earlier. Almost like a stylus uses her pen to drag it and draw a little arrow to where it moves, and the window's going to move as she drags it. I look up and see it just scoot along the wall right to above the bed and I peek back out through the door frame and just say thank you good night good night I I was just gonna go to bed if you're sure that you can you can handle this Rid yeah I'm good Rid sits down on one of the chairs in the main area and takes out her sword and starts cleaning it go to bed okay and then Zoe's gonna go back to her room in this moment five just sort of to ease the anxiety that he feels being in this desolate wasteland right now. Even though he is very comforted 
by Zue's tiny hut and the, and the care that she's put into all of the rooms and the attention to detail that she has. He is still very nervous about the fact that he's not entirely, he doesn't feel in tune with the ground or the environment here at all. And it's sort of a, a way of easing his, or allaying his fears. He calls out to his unicorn spirit. He wants to see if it appears. Take me through how Five would see the unicorn before. So this would be the spirit totem. It can manifest in three different spirit forms. In this particular one, the Vatalite that he excretes as part of his unique expression of his, his talent is something that would be released into the environment and then coalesces into the unicorn's spiritual form. It would provide protection to everyone within 30 feet of me. You channel this gift, this essence that allows you to connect to this totem in, in a very different way. The light that emerges from the totem that sort of coalesces and forms this sort of very mythical like image of a unicorn appears before you. It's brief, quick, instant, and you see it there. You can't really make out the eyes, you can't make out really a lot of the details, but you know this is this creature. However, you find that in that mental state that you're in, you're holding that totem a little tighter. And as you look at the unicorn, almost like a quick jump cut, like a, like a fast glitch in the system, the unicorn flashes before you, skull, missing pieces of flesh, bone, missing parts of the tail, but then comes back. Rid, while cleaning her sword, this is after a bunch of time has passed and Rid's pretty sure everyone's asleep. Rid just says out loud to herself, You didn't have to break my wrist. You hear, I didn't. You're right. But you were being stubborn. Look, Rid, the way in which this connection is maintained is if I have equal say in your day-to-day -day activities. Okay? Okay, but you break too many of my bones. What use am I going to be to you? There is always ways to heal up, to find some form of nourishment. And hey, if you wanted to, you can walk around with a broken wrist. I did so for many years. Is this a two-way thing? Can I break your wrist? That seems fair. You say that, and you hear a slight chuckling of the familiar voice. <laughs> And then immediately, another voice. <laughs> that would be interesting. Oh wait, what the fuck? There's two of you? And you hear the same voice that you've always heard. Huh? What is this? Don't be afraid. I just, I got invited. I wanted to see what was the interesting feeling that I was chasing. Led me straight to you. Okay, all right, look. Isn't the saying, like, two's company, three's a crowd? I know one of you. The other one's new. Introductions, perhaps? I'm Rid. Rid, I don't think he's here anymore. 
That was not something I expected. Red, I don't normally do this. I don't. But I'm gonna have to, uh... I'm gonna have to look around for a little bit. So just, uh, try not to get yourself killed, okay? Uh, okay. If I look around, how far? Not too far. You feel your back crack and your neck snap up as your jaw opens at an angle. And this black smoke begins to emanate from your mouth that gets thicker and bigger and wider as all of the sudden in front of you, it begins to form into a hunched back, long tendrilled hair, what looks like a misshapen nose, eyes, face, long hands with nails, as a familiar sight to you stands before you. Oh, now this is a little bit more spacious. I won't be far. Just don't wake any of them up, okay? She leans over, just her hand stretched out, massive fingers and rotted nails. And she, almost in a very sweet way, boops your nose. I'll try not to. And the smoke takes her away. Rid regards that entire last interaction with the same amount of interest as you would have in discovering you're like out of cheese in your fridge or something like something incredibly <laughs> mundane. And then she just <sighs> and leans back and starts cleaning her sword again. I'm sleeping. Can I take a long rest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleepy. I just I want to go sleep. Uh, Everybody here is doing shit. It's fucking spooky. <laughs> I want no part of it. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want it. I want to go home. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll say Rowan. I'll say <laughs> the black smoke and five is just in his room. <laughs> And Zue's trying to sleep. You're just tucked in beautifully in a bedsheet that looks like a half moon. And you have your little owl. You're sleeping with it like a plush. Like, oh, Before I doze off, I say out loud, damn, Zue really got these sheets right. And then slowly drift off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of thread count is this? <laughs> <laughs> Zue, what did you want to do before sleep? You know that point where the walls and the floor all touch to make like a corner? Zue is going to sit facing this corner. In her room, the walls and the floor and everything are entirely mirror. She's going to stare at the three reflections that she sees. And she's going to flip through her book and just quietly whisper to herself while looking at the reflections. Your name is Zue. Your name is Zue. You are Zue. Zue is me. We're okay. And then Zoe's gonna close the book and tuck it under her pillow as she climbs into bed to sleep. As you're having this personal moment, you close your book and it is not uncommon, but it is semi-rare. You have an eye on the backside of your book, the eyes of the Arcanum. Mm-hmm. You take your book, you close it, you just sort of like naturally hold it, and you can see the eye blink. 
when the eye blinks, the rays go away. And then when it opens, the rays are like a touch of gold. This has happened before. Actually, you know what? For this, make an intelligence check for me. Guys, it was a nat 20. Oh, let's go. Yay. <laughs> so 21. Thank God. You don't necessarily know what it means. You know that your book has done it before. You know that Ilianas's sigil, the one that he also carries, the sort of brooch on the top that holds this kind of like half cape and sort of uniform, does it from time to time. For the sake of this, who grabbed the symbol of the Arcanum from the skeleton tiefling, Rid? When Rid picked it up and went to go put it in her pocket, you also saw a similar blink. Zoe cocks her head. Hmm. And make sure to put the blinking eye downwards underneath the pillow. And thinks nothing else of it. Rowan, you win night-night? I got my new spells, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And five. Were you doing anything? Five is in sentry mode. You all wake up. A form of mourning greets you. For the sky does not change. The wind picks up slightly every now and then throughout the night. But there is no discerning color change. There is no different temperature that you can sort of like feel if you needed to. There is nothing distinctively from before you, you got into the dome to now. It just looks like the perpetual same sky, same world that you're in. Did we bring food or anything with us? I assume so. I assume we have food in some bag somewhere. Yeah, I'll say you have enough. Somebody roll a d12 for me. I have a d12 right here. Yeah, please feel free. That is an eight. So you have about eight days worth of rations. Rid, seeing that some kind of daylight has happened, sort of, looks from the door to whatever bags are lying around and then kind of just awkwardly goes over to the bag and like pulls out like four pieces of bread. This kind of like someone who is not used to cooking at all and cannot, but trying to put out breakfast for everyone with like the simplest items she can find. <laughs> and then she kind of looks at her handiwork, gives a little nod to herself and then proceeds to go to each of the rooms and kick the door and go like, it's morning. It's morning, Zue. It's morning five. Knock, knock, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to five's door, he immediately opens it. And he looks at you, Red. And he says, I didn't want to say this earlier because I didn't want to interrupt. But who were you talking to? Same person I always talk to. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounded like a fun conversation. It wasn't. She sucks. Oh. Hmm. I wish I had more friends to talk to. Yeah, I was gonna ask if the voices you were hearing earlier, they didn't... You didn't ever try talking back to them, did you? You just kind of went, ah, they're in my head. Hmm. Yeah, they were just... They were there for a second and then they were gone, but they were very palpable. Well, we'll figure it out, I think. Seem to be a lot of voices around these days. Hmm, indeed. Are you... Are you gonna be okay? 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm always okay. When have I ever not been okay? Oh, we need to talk about the tooth thing at some point, but, but later. Rowan will step out at that point, and he looks jolly as ever. He had a wonderful <laughs> night's sleep, and he's big old stretch. Oh. Good morning, everyone. When Zue hears Rid knocking, Zue is going to run her hands over her head so that the hair goes back over her tattoo, and then is going to tidy everything up and come out the door, with her book ready to ask everyone how they slept and take notes about how to improve their rooms. Good morning, everyone. How are your rooms? I I don't know, actually. I never open the door. I just It's probably polite to open the door, isn't it? Uh, shit. And Rid runs runs (laughs) to open the door. It's great. No notes. Mine was wonderful, Zue. A plus. Perfect. I've never been in a royal person's room, so I tried my best to make it as worthy of royalty as possible. It's exactly what you see in the storybooks. It's flashy and unnecessary, but comfortable. Oh, okay. Unnecessary. Got it. Unnecessary in a good way. Sorry. Okay. And she, she continues to make notes. I'll say as all of you wake up for the day and begin conversing with Zue and you see the bread that Rid has placed on the dining table, Zue, you begin to feel that your your spell is essentially about to give. So uh, we might want to leave soon because normally what happens is it collapses, but like not in a painful way. It just like breaks apart. But the dirt was really sandy, and I don't want sand in my stuff, so I think we should go. As soon as Zue says this, Rid's out the door. <laughs> Seeing Rid leave the hut with haste, Five follows suit. You guys emerge out and are immediately greeted again with the cold, chilling wind that every now and then just unnaturally just stops. There's no, like, steady decline to the wind, to the gust of it. There's just this kind of, like, abrupt end to it where you feel the stillness of everything, the leaves stop rustling, the trees stop creaking, and then it just picks up again, picking up all of the dirt and broken, scattered leaves that are now ash and sends them on their way towards another area within this forest. But still, up ahead in front of you, that tower, you can still see it. I take it that's our destination. I mean, I don't see a lot of other things. I don't want to walk around another forest for hours. If we have a landmark in sight, we might as well head there. Is there any sign of life? Any wildlife around? Make a perception check. That is a 16. On one of the trees perched up, looks like a bird, devoid of color. You can see what looks essentially like slight color trying to emerge from its, like, wings. But as you kind of look... You step on a twig, it snaps, and the bird looks over to you and split down the middle, completely skeleton, decayed, rotted away, and flies out. That's not going to happen to your owl, is it, Rowan? Please don't say that. Why would you say that? It's a valid question. The owl just... (laughs) I look up at the owl just out of curiosity. Your owl is perched up on a branch. Owls in general just have a very open look to their <laughs> eyes. But in this moment, after Zue said that, the owl looks in your direction with just these open eyes. Woo, woo, 
I look back at Zue and back at the ground, and I just go, fucking gods. Does your owl have a name? I've been meaning to ask, because it, it seems to follow you. I don't know if it particularly has a name. I mean, I could name it, but last time I named something, you got mad at me. How long have you traveled with the owl, and you haven't asked it its name? Well, the owl itself is more of a physical representation of my goddess Salune. Now, I'm not sure if the owl itself has a name. I don't think animals just have names. I think Luna's a good name. Luna it is. In the owl's head. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Rowan, what do you say to this? How about you send the owl up into the sky? See if it can get a better view of the path ahead. That's not a bad idea. I kind of can't really direct her. Oh, but I could ask. And I will look over to the owl and attempt to contact Salune. Listen, I know we're not in the best predicament. It'd be really helpful if you could show us the way, a safe way, to that tower. Or any other specific landmarks along the way that we might have interest in, so we can get back home. If you wouldn't mind doing that for me, I could keep everyone safe. Make a persuasion check for me, Rowan. Nineteen. You look, since five you asked, when Rowan's looking at the owl, the owl is just looking right back at Rowan. And as the owl kind of stands and cocks its head slightly, Rowan's eyes just immediately turn into like half crescent moons. And the owl's eyes, the same, vibrant blue. And the owl takes up to the sky. Well, it worked. Good suggestion, Five. I just have a sense about these things. I'll say in that moment, Rowan, for you, since the owl is not so much a familiar to you, but it is this representation of your connection to Selenate, what you gather is if somebody was to describe to you feelings. It's cold. It's really windy. Where do I go? It's like you're feeling this desperation. You're feeling hopelessness. You're feeling all of these things, and you attribute them to your owl. And then you feel a sense of interest, a sense of joy at perhaps discovery. And that moment as you're looking, you see that the owl is still flying ahead. And then in that moment, the owl turns around as all of a sudden that chilling sense of desperation increases. And you hear from up above you. As this large winged creature descends from the clouds in the direction of your owl, trailing on it, massive long neck with these sharp jaws, jet black eyes that you can make out, massive wingspan, a grayish purple hue to this creature, trailing smoke behind it. And it is coming down on its prey. 
as in that moment you feel what your owl feels and it is fear and you can't help but feel your heartbeat begin to race as you see your owl now begin to come in your direction and as it begins to descend you now watch as this creature from up above in the center where its wingspan extends these claws emerge and its tail made up of that same trailing smoke reveal these two feet underneath with sharp talons. And as it begins to descend, it now nosedives towards your owl. I look at everyone and, and just scream, get down wherever you can right now. Duck behind a tree, a rock, anything that might get me out of sight, but still peeking around the corner to look at the owl. Sue is gonna lie flat on the ground. <laughs> Out of panic, sheer panic. Rid's gonna try to hide, same way, tree or rock or something. Five, seeing Zue fall down on the ground in panic, positions himself right in front of Zue. How far would you say the owl is? The owl right now is a good hundred feet away from you. And this creature is descending at a straight nosedive in your direction. Given Five's experience in... Brindarium and his studies, would he know what creature this is? This is unlike any creature any of you have ever seen. The owl is coming down. This creature's descending. Rizue falls to the ground. Rowan, you high, so trying to keep your eye on it. And still, you can't shake that feeling. Almost like if your owl is talking to you directly. Five, are you doing anything? Oh, you're standing in front of Zue. The moment it enters into a 60-foot range, I'm going to cast Ice Knife on it. Once I see it nosedive closer to me, the second it gets within 60 feet, I bring the shield around and just clench as tight as I can as it starts glowing this pale blue, and I would like to cast Shield of Faith on the owl. Just give it some form of protection. You take your shield, Rowan, you plant it on the ground, it begins to glow blue. And that second you watch as instinctively you and Five, even traveling together, say to yourselves, you wait and the owl gets closer and closer. You watch as Five begins to prepare himself, taking a stance towards the direction of the owl as this creature continues to now expand its wings. This thundering growl, guttural from within, begins to shake everything around you. And in that minute, you feel it getting closer, 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 60 feet. I create a shard of ice and fling it at one creature within range. That is a 17. You watch as the owl now begins to almost enter the canopy as the winged creature begins to swoop, opens its jaw, and you see it open as the, the trailing smoke emits from its mouth as well. And it dives, 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 and in that moment, five, you fling it. The owl closes its wings, almost spins as the knife passes right past it. And the creature stops. You feel the rustling of the leaves and the wind. The air is so much that Zue, you being on the ground, feel yourself almost like being pushed downward. Rowan, you instinctively have to look away as you hear the shriek of your owl. And all of you for a second, close your eyes. And you open them as you hear the creature fly away. Is everyone okay? Is the owl still there? Five, you kind of stop and you watch as Rowan just desperately begins to look around. And there on the ground, 
starting to get up. The owl. Oh, God. Turns its head towards Rowan, and you see that one of its feet is just slightly a little hurt. And the owl perches up on the ground and just kind of looks to you, Rowan. And the blue on your eyes remain. I throw the shield down onto the floor, and I kneel down in front of it. Almost patted on the head, but as if he were, like, stroking someone's hair. I would like to cast a first-level Cure Wounds as I look up at five with just gratefulness and tears in my eyes and just say, beautiful shot, my friend. Five just nods at Rowan and just... He knows. I think it's safe to get up. You get up, Rowan. You hold the owl that then the minute that you touch it, the same blue glows brighter on both the owl and yourself. And you manage to heal it. And you watch as the owl then flies up and lands on your shoulder. I look over. Maybe stay low. It's going to ask if the smoke surrounding the creature was the same as the smoke that was surrounding Rid. No. Your smoke was like a black charcoal smoke. Thick, dense. You couldn't even see anything past the wall of smoke as it was coming out of you. This smoke was gray. Touches a dark sort of like texture to it, if you will. But not at all the same. Somehow good and bad at the same time to hear that. Zue, are you okay? Uh, A little shaken, um, but I'll be okay. I think if it's okay with you guys, maybe we stick a little bit closer. I do have magic that could help us. I just, it doesn't go very far. And she looks like really nervous, like telling you this. We should not be separated. Agreed. My owl did sense something. Some form of interest up ahead, towards the tower. It was cold and windy and a long trail up to it, but I think that's our... That's our destination. Okay, uh, well, I think if it's okay with you guys, I might feel a little safer not being at the back or the front. I'll go in the front. I'll go in the back. Right behind five. You guys proceed ahead. As you begin to walk through this very dense forest, the trees, branches willowing down, the feeling, the fear, the unknown shapes all of your thoughts around this place. It's so empty. It's quiet. It's not home. It's not Fendrea. You continue journeying ahead. As you do, you notice that the ground begins to sort of naturally decline. However, the trees stay their same height. They almost seem to now become taller and bigger. As you continue to descend down, you feel the sort of the weight, the gravity of it pulling you down as you're heading downhill. The trees now get taller and taller and taller. And then you begin to notice within a couple of hours 
of walking ahead. Some of the trees have what look like trunks that come and meet other trees. There are trees covered in vines and dirt and gray ash, what look like steps that lead into this almost like bridge. And then you notice it again, but then you notice and you look up and you see what looks like that perhaps could be a home. That one looks like a small hut of sorts. That one looks like a small house. From all of these places that are kind of embedded and built within the structure of these trees. Eventually, after a couple of hours, notice this is almost like a city living above you, high off the ground, but it is empty. All of the makeshift windows are cracked and shattered. The interconnecting wooden bridges that connect one trunk to the other, one home to another entry point, all of them are just covered in spider webs. And they're also covered in the same draping gray natural life. What you would look as vines now look like just withered away connections between the houses. But sure enough, as you continue on ahead, Rowan, you now begin to feel a bit of that. Right around here is when my owl started to find a bit of that comfort. Sure enough, you hear it. The sound of falling water. You continue ahead, and sure enough, the air around you becomes a bit thicker, and it becomes very humid in here. And this is the first sort of different feeling that you've gotten, as the air now feels a bit warmer. But you don't know if it's from the humidity, from the fact that you've been walking for so long, but you feel it. You begin to break a sweat amongst this journey that you've taken that has been comprised of nothing but cold, chilling wind. Five, as he's probably a couple steps ahead of me. Keep your eyes peeled. Anything of interest, let us know. This was where my owl sensed that something was different. Just because this is unfamiliar territory, and we have gone through a very harrowing experience just now, almost losing Rowan's owl, and hearing Rowan's voice, he thinks for a second, pulls out his sickle, turns, and just waves it slowly over the group. And he is going to cast Pass Without a Trace. For the duration, each creature you choose within 30 feet of you has a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. I will gladly do a stealth check. <laughs> I will gladly as well. <laughs> that is a natural 20. Okay. Let's go! <laughs> Well, my first one was good, but good old disadvantage. It's still a 12. 29. Mine's a 34. Damn! <laughs> Holy shit. The majority of you are incredibly quiet with the eight of five. Every now and then you do hear the sound of Rowan's armor just kind of clinking against each other the shield that just ever so slightly sometimes taps on a bit of his armor that you can pick up on. But you are, for the most part, very stealthy group. But what begins to overshadow that stillness in the air is the sound of falling water. Almost like a waterfall. Sound of water excites Five. Because it means that where there is water, there is life. 
or at least he hopes so. Five, as your excitement begins to grow at the sound of water, that promise of life, you now see before you, up ahead, a good 200-ish feet away, what looks like a piece of land where this tower emerges from. All around it, these small homes, disheveled, broken, but the tower is met with smaller towers next to it. Broken, scattered windows that you can see ahead, but you get closer and closer. And as you get closer, Five, and you look ahead and you see as the ground before you just naturally dips down. And sure enough, as you walk closer to the edge, you are standing on solid ground or protruding from the ground below you down into this massive opening a waterfall a perfect circle all around with one emerging piece of land that comes up that is holding this set of homes and tower and smaller towers next to it and the waterfall just falls from all around and there you see a bridge that connects the land in which you are currently standing on to that single piece of land that is untouched by the water that stands on its own at the center of the circle. And now as you're looking at it, the tower itself is covered in vines, all kinds of decaying plant life that have, for the first time that you can see, a slight trace of color. There is a bit of green to the vines that wrap around the tower, that wrap around the smaller little pieces of what looks like a fortress, if you will. But you can make out, even from this distance, it looks like that has some color to it. Not vibrant, not enough to grab your attention. You guys look like the most vibrant things here. But there, you can see from the distance what looks like a couple of people walking within this little small town that has been formed in the center of this land. I can't say I expected to see life after what we just witnessed in the sky. Neither did I. I thought this place looked very devoid of any kind of life. Do you think they're hostile? Well, really only one way to find out. Let's try and approach the situation with as much joy and mirth as possible. My specialties. <laughs> I know it's 100 feet away, but can we tell if they look like tieflings? I'll say from what you can tell, it looks like that was a tiefling. But it also looked like next to that tiefling, there was another individual that didn't look like a tiefling walking right beside it. Do you think maybe some of us go in and then some like sneak around? just in case things go wrong. Would it be helpful if I scouted ahead? I have a thing. Rid's eyes roll as she says this. I have a thing I can do that would allow us to be apart and one of us can still talk to the other one, but like far apart, so it'd be fine. Wait, Rid, are you saying that you have magic? Five, I'm purple. What did you think? Rowan just looks at Rid. Okay, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Rid maintains steady eye contact with Five 
as she opens her mouth as far as her jaw can go, reaches into the back of her mouth, plucks out a molar, all the while maintaining eye contact, and then offers it just out in her hand to whoever wants to take it. Zoe's gonna grab it. That is the most vile gift I have ever been offered in my entire life. I would like you to know that. Thank you. Five, in astonishment, just sort of take Rid by the shoulders and just suddenly get very close and just like, do it again. I, I can't do it again. Not right now. Otherwise it doesn't grow back and it doesn't have magic. I just pull out a tooth and I don't, I don't think you want that, do you? You, you grow it back? Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it's like when I go to sleep, I wake up and it's back. But I find that it freaks people out when you remove one of the front ones. So I go for the back ones. No, no, no. It's not freaky at all. This is remarkable. You grow things too. Five, it's incredibly freaky. Zue, put that down. (laughs) Put it in your pocket, something. I put it in my mouth. No! (laughs) (laughs) Good lord. Red said it so we can talk, and teeth go in mouths. Do they not? Can you not swallow it? I feel like, I mean, I guess you could, but... I mean, here, let's just... And Red sends a telepathic message to Zue. Hey, I'm talking to you in your head. Oh my god, you could do it too? That's really cool. I love this. Is this what best friends are? Is this... Are we best friends now? Yeah, this is the rite of passage for best friends. It's when you put my tooth in your mouth. Five is standing next to Rowan, and he's like, what do, you, what do you think they're talking about? At this point, I don't want to know. Red? What, Zue? This is why you're my favorite. Thank you, but I think it might be better for you if you don't keep it in your mouth. Like, try a pocket or something. You know, Rowan said the same thing, but I think you said it better. And I take it out and pop it in my pocket. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this over 10 miles. I can send you a message up to 10 miles away. So we're fine. Uh, But it has to be someone who can respond. It's not a two-way thing. It's just me talking at you. Zoe puts her hand up. I can respond. Kind of. I only have 60 feet. Well, that's not 10 miles. It's okay. We'll figure it out. I thought something I could do is I could go ahead and I could be like, You know, I could go there and I could say, hey, this is a tiefling and they are hostile or this is not a tiefling and they're not or whatever. You know, I can send back what the situation is. I think that's a really good plan, Red. Just please be safe. I don't make promises I can't keep, but I will do my best. That's going to have to be good enough for you. And Red's going to start toward the bridge. Red, you begin to walk. And it is just a wooden bridge, essentially, it's just hanging from one end to the other at a good slope into this small town of sorts. And there in the distance, you can see there are a couple of people walking around. But even now, as you're standing on the opposite side, you can see what look like a couple of homes that look like they were made out of stone that are broken. The roofs of them are slightly shifted. In the center, you look and it almost seems like there was a space for maybe some beautifully adorned waterfall, but it's all just the base of it and whatever statue was there is just broken. Just a remaining jagged piece of stone. And there, right behind this centerpiece, 
is this tower covered in vines, coming into the windows, thick vines wrapping around the entire tower. Now that you can see, there are a good amount of tieflings walking here, but you could swear. Is that a fairy? Is that a gnome? Carrying a basket of sorts. But their attire is just what remains of a vibrant color. Worn, dried out. This is just almost sad to look at. Are they armed? No. You see coming out from one of the doors a Goliath. A dragonborn? It's like a town. It's comprised of all different kinds of people. A little community. Zue, it's a lot of different kinds of people. It's not just tieflings, but there are a bunch, and they don't seem armed. So, Rita's saying it looks like it's a very mixed population. Like, there's a lot. It's not just tieflings. And she says that they're not armed. Well, that's a good sign. Their proximity to the tower, though, that's suspicious. That's what's concerning. Well, I I saw you guys fight, so if it comes down to it, I think we'll be okay. Sure, I can handle myself against a couple monsters, but... A whole town? What if they turn on us? Five is hyper-fixated on the fact that Zue just complimented him and Rowan. There's like a swelling in his chest. He's like, yeah, I'm a good fighter. So you guys make your way to Rid, and Rid, are you still waiting by the bridge? I think Rid probably found a hiding spot. While we're walking up, until we're in range, I'm telepathically just constantly shooting out. Hi, Rid. Hi, Rid. Are you there? Just until she responds. Hi, Zue. I'm in a bush. (gasps) I love bushes. I know. Do you think we should go as a whole group? Into the bush? Oh, that's also a good plan. No, to the, the, the people. I was thinking at least me, so I can report back. But I think it's okay, to be honest. Unless they get mad. I don't know, I'm making this up as I go. What did their clothes look like? Um, it looked like a little bit of color. Not a lot of bit of color. Oh, so Rowan might be kind of flashy. I think we're all going to be kind of flashy. You don't have any, uh, disguise things, do you? I mean, my clothes are pretty... neutral. Your hair's pink, Zue. I can change that. Are you here yet? You arrive. I say out loud, we are! Oh god. So, Rich was saying that everyone's kind of, like, not colorful. And if someone would like to borrow my cloak, they can. I would like to take off the jacket that I normally wear on my shoulders and shake it out in front of me to have it change to like a tan-looking cape instead. It sometimes changes if you need it to, if someone needs this to cover their really flashy clothes. Rowan just puts his hood up. Are you thinking of anyone in particular? Because I'm thinking about the metal plant man. Yeah, if you want to take it five... It suddenly dawns on him. They're thinking about him this entire time. Oh, uh, well, I, I'm, yeah, that's, hmm. I, I am big and I'm colorful. Uh, okay. 
Another option is just to own it. We're gonna stick out anyway. Sometimes, you know, people come up, or like maybe they'll come up and they'll be like, why are you colorful? And then you're, you just go, because I am. People are just colorful sometimes. That's what you said to me when we first met. Bingo. I'm getting mixed messages right now. Cape or no cape? Should I, should I take it off? No, I think it looks beautiful. Oh, okay. Do you guys mind if I go in the bush really quick? Please, go right ahead. Made a little space for you and everything. Sue is going to gingerly climb into the bush. She is going to focus on the most inner part of herself as she changes her appearance to be a less pigmented version and then also like a light brown hair color instead of pink. And then she's going to step back out. I think this should be good. Should I do that too? If you can. Okay. And then Rid without stepping into a bush or anything. She changes into, it looks like herself, but instead of the long, long ratty black hair, it's like closely cropped light brown hair. Her crown thing that is on her head is gone. Otherwise, same height, same facial features, like her nails turn back into human nails. Her eyes are the exact same, and her teeth are back to a normal human color rather than the gross kind of yellow they are. And uh, she's not purple anymore. <laughs> she's just a person. <gasps> Red. Five Light lets out a very low, almost not audible moan, because he was getting used to uh, how colorful <laughs> Rid was. And now she's she's put on a beige cape, too. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> Rid looks at Five and waits to see if he's going to do his like little blinky moment thing. And then if he does, she's going to throw up a peace sign. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we go? Wow, we all look so... normal. Gross. I know, it's very upsetting. I miss the pink hair already. Me too. It does suit you. Sorry, did Rowan just compliment me? Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) You guys begin to walk on the bridge towards this town. And as you do, you hear not so much talking. It just almost seems like faint whispers. But immediately, the people around this town, as you guys enter, begin to look in your direction. And more people begin to come out. And now you notice that all around you, there are not enough homes to keep how many people there are here. Hundreds. Some from the little sort of small like barricades that are hugging the main tower. Children, elderly creatures, what looks like mothers, what looks like fathers, what looks like children, races, sexes, of all different kinds that you can seemingly make out. And they all stare as you guys get closer now to the remains of a fountain. And there you see a placard that is just covered in ash. And you hear from the distance, Who are you? As a tiefling with purple skin that is just no longer vibrant, just a very hint of purple, small brown horns that come up, raggedy torn clothes. How did you get here? You don't recognize me? My name's Katrina. Do we know a Katrina? 
he watches the tiefling begins to look around and all of the creatures around him bewildered kind of look to one another make a persuasion check 26 oh this tiefling looks to you and goes i have you been lost have you been uh, out there on your own we're so sorry you can you can stay here we we apologize on behalf of all of us you are welcome no th- these travelers helped me they, they were bringing me back and i i hope it's okay that i brought them here too Absolutely. Whatever it is that you can do to protect yourselves away from all of this. Welcome, all of you. Now, please, you you must be... Are you hungry? Are you you cold? We can provide some form of shelter. Everyone, please, make these guests feel welcome. This tiefling comes up to you, Zue. My apologies. Uh, My name is Ozmir. Pleasure to meet you. Katrina, you said... Yes. I'm so glad you're safe. And I, you. Um, honestly, the only thing I think we need right now is... I have a really bad memory, but I think if someone could explain to my new friends how we ended up like this, they might be able to help us. Where in Arborea have you been? And he kind of looks to you with a desperate look of bewilderment. I don't... I, I don't know where to, uh... Were to begin, you all must have been far away from all of this. We're so sorry. Truly. This is... This is home for some of us. We're what remains. I was just wondering if you've seen Kaimasora anywhere? At the mention of Kaimasora, tears begin to swell up. Do you know? You know what has happened to him? What has become of the beacon? What what news do you have? How do you know? Explain yourself! Do you know where he is? Do you know of the Concord? Do you know anything? You regard him in a good way. Kaimasora, uh, absolutely. He is the father. He is... He is the reason. Kaimasora and the Concord have... I've gone away. They went away a while back. We haven't heard from them nor seen them in quite some time. We're worried about them. We also hope that perhaps they would have a way to get us out of here. We're stuck here. You said he was the reason. The reason for what? For why all of us are alive. For why all of us can see another day. However, we are shut off from the rest of the world, from the rest of existence, reality, all of it. We are away from it. And Kaimusora and the Concord knew. They knew how to leave. They were the ones to open the gate. But they didn't tell you how to follow? It wasn't supposed to be like this. None of it. So they abandoned you? No, they didn't. They took many back to their homes. We lived here in harmony for many years, centuries even. And then begins to tremble and points at Zue's book.
And then they came. They came. Who are you? D- the Arcanum? You come with them with false promises. Please leave us alone. We want none of your troubles. We, we, we have suffered enough. We don't want this anymore. We will make no deals. We will make nothing of this. Please leave. Leave and spare us. Please, just go. Go away. And just leave us to this. The wind picks up. Cold, chilling wind. As now the people around you stop what they were doing and are looking to you at the center of the square. We haven't come to harm anyone. We haven't come to make promises or deals or anything. We're stuck here just like you are. I don't know what you're talking about. I have worked with the Arcanum and that's how I got this book, but I don't think anyone here with me or myself means you any harm. Melita! And you watch as a satyr emerge from the crowd. Tan skin, short, blondish hair that is just riddled with ash and two small little horns that come up. Her hooves, like a black fur, basically. She comes up. Osmian, I think this one tells the truth. But Malira? Malira looks to you and she goes, that symbol that you carry with you, we've seen it before. And it is the reason for why we are in the position in which we are in. So excuse us for being afraid. But this is all we have. Can I look at Rid? Did you take that pendant? Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure what to do with it. And Rid puts her hand in her pocket and takes out the little thing. Did it look anything like this? Does this look familiar? You watch as Malira looks to you without saying anything, just nods in a very focused, stern look. You holding this, Rid, and Rowan as you're looking at it, the eye blinks. And then it goes back into that copper-like color. Rid goes, ah, and dumps it on the floor. Okay, I'm not the only one who saw that. Do you guys mind if I maybe put it somewhere where it can't do that please I mean yeah Rid picks it up and offers it to Zue I am going to take it and put it in my book you turn your book around and almost like when you catch somebody looking at you from your peripheral the eye blinks quickly and then goes back to that brown color So with the pin in the book, I'm going to grip my book tightly and I'm going to flick my wrist in a full circle. And as it does, I'm going to cast wrist pocket. So the book goes into an interdimensional pocket for now. So I'm not very good at it yet. So I can do it for about an hour at a time. But I think that should maybe give us some privacy. It's blinked more often than I've noticed in the past. So they're always looking at us? I didn't think so, but last night my book blinked, and I remember it blinked when you picked it up, and now they're both blinking now. So maybe. So somebody's watching us, and you're just telling us this now. Well, normally it only blinks like 
once a mission. This is like four times. Five looks at Osmir. Who controls the black-winged creature? <sighs> Osmir looks up, shivers at the mention. Nobody. They were brought here. There's multiple. Iboria is not what it used to be. It is now dying. And along with it comes death. And Malira looks to you all and says, From before, at this point, they've always been watching. As a strong wind picks up five with your passive perception, you turn as the moldy, stagnant, still water inside of this fountain moves. The placard in front, the dust begins to be swept away. And it says, Kaimasora Navine, our beacon in the darkness. And you look up and right in the tower, there is a statue of a tiefling with its arms stretched out that resembles Kaimasora with what looks like a crystal in its hand holding it up high and next to it what looks like a human but the face of it it's cracked and on the shoulder the symbol of the Arcanum and for today that's a wrap god damn it thank you all so much for listening catch us in two weeks where we will pick up wherever this breadcrumb leaves and remember the Arcanum has always been watching. We're, We're stuck, stuck here just like you are. <laughs> Damn five. That was amazing. <laughs> Jinx, you will Jinx. be an ale that I won't drink. <laughs> you know when Aladdin and the Jasmine both say, trapped, that's, that's, that's the vibe. <laughs>